Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, Recently, Caden and I went along to um, a meeting with somebody who was collecting data for a project he was doing on behalf of Ultra Education. Now, those of you who listen regularly know that every fifth episode of the Raising Successful Kids podcast is an Ultra episode. Whilst this is going to just be an ordinary episode, not an Ultra episode, I thought it was really interesting to hear how people gather information, how they gather data for research. This is to do with a project that Ultra have been have commissioned him to do and found the conversation very interesting, the questions he was asking. I hope you can hear what was what's being said. We were in a very busy coffee shop at the time, so it might be a little bit faint, but I think there's a lot of gold nuggets that you can take out of the conversation that we shared. It was um Myself and this gentleman came along and also um, my son, Caden Santanier, who also has his own podcast, Young Achievers, if you want to head over there. This episode will also be on his podcast as well, um, but he has other episodes on there as well. And he's he's um, very interested in entrepreneurship and perhaps seeing young people succeed as well. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, let me know what you think and um, here we go so um, I'd like to begin uh, here's my questions I'd like to uh, I'll be taking notes throughout instead of that's fine I, I won't in the research uh, what I do is I anonymize the data which means that I scrub I, you know, when I meet people, I set up the appointment, I learn their names and so on. But in the data, when I write things up, I, sub, I scrub it out. And I take out any mention to any, you know, Joan, Jack, Jill, or, or John. Everything gets more scrubbed away. So you needn't worry about, about identity and confidentiality. But if you're if you give me permission, your your input and what you say will matter. It will help us a lot. So I, I ask for your permission before I carry on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Consent. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, sometimes consent is oral, spoken. Sometimes it's written. In, in this case, because it's a small project, I haven't written a form. So do forgive me. Okay. Uh, I'd like to begin with. Uh, uh, a little bit of background, and by the way, and I'll ask a, a similar. It'll be a, it'll be a similar set of questions, um, and I'd like to have you know a discussion. It doesn't it, need, it doesn't have to be with you know parent response, student response. It didn't have to be robotic, but you know I will sometimes prompt one or one or the other to give an end, to give your side or your perspective. If that's fine. Okay. Okay. So let's begin. Uh, so I've told I've told you a bit, a bit about myself. Would you kindly introduce yourselves? Okay. Well, my name's Irene. Obviously, I'm Caden's um, mum. He's our only one. We've been involved with Ultra for how long? 
Three, two, three, four years, something like that. Um, uh, we live in Kent. I work uh, in school. I wear a number of hats. So I run a podcast. I work in the school. I work for my husband. And I run my own business. Um, and we have him as well. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's me. Um, and we had this idea. We had we had this idea always that we wanted Caden to have. Um, every opportunity that he could because he's our only one so we have the ability to be able to give him numerous opportunities um, and we were at a property we invest in property we were at a property event and there was a speaker there who introduced Julian as somebody who's interested in junior entrepreneurship and we were just really bowled over by this so we introduced ourselves to him and we signed up to their class in Croydon which is an hour and a half away from us but every Sunday we did that for about two years and then the numbers dwindled so we didn't go anymore and then it stopped um, and we've just been involved to on and on. Yeah, ad hoc places from then on. And Julian is still Caden's mentor, and he's and he has a bit on my podcast as well. Yeah, your turn. Okay, so I'm Caden. I'm 14 years old, uh, and I I have multiple businesses which I do. So I have I have my own podcast as well called Young Achievers. Uh, what else? Uh, I I have a business about, so I buy clothes, like designer clothes and products at a lower price and then I can sell them for a higher price, so, yeah, arbitrage. Arbitrage. Uh, I also, well, there's someone who you might have interviewed called Alex Phillips. Yes. Yeah, so I I do stuff kind of like him. Dropshipping? Is that dropshipping? Mine's not dropshipping, but it's, it's along the same lines. Okay. Uh, and I used to have my own, I used to run a YouTube channel, but I don't do that anymore. Uh, I wrote a book called, like, it's like a guide to starting a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I'd like to read that. And that's not really business. No. Well, I sell, I sell like chewing gum and stuff at school just for a little bit of extra money. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That yeah, well, you were not you were not joking when you said multiple businesses. So like some people, some people say I'm I'm, I'm sort of a hustler because I just try and make money where I can. <laughs> that's that's um, awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah, that's that's really it. And, and how old are you? I'm 14. Mm-hmm. And um, what what class or what uh, are you at the GCSE level? Uh, so I'm in year 10. Mm-hmm. So next year I'll be taking my GCSEs in 2021. Got it. Got it. Excellent. And and uh, tell me, uh, tell us, Kaden, a little bit uh, about. What was when you first sort of heard about it? What was your first sort of first impression about Ultra? Yeah, I mean, Mum was interested. She was sort of uh, she heard about it and she expressed interest right away. What was your sort of um, impression or idea when you first got to hear about it? Uh, well, I was quite young, so I didn't. Yeah, I was about ten, so I didn't really. I don't know, it wasn't really that appealing to me at first. Because I just thought it would be... I didn't think it would go anywhere. Um, 
but then once I actually started doing ultra and um, once they started helping me out, it progressed quite quickly. So I'm happy that I did do it, but I was a bit, what's the word? Uh, no, it's like... Reluctant? Yeah, reluctant at first. Well, because we were, we said to you, yeah. this is a good thing. But you, you got on okay with Julian when you first met him. Yeah, yeah, he was nice. And uh, Letitia. Yeah. Latifa. Latifa. Latifa, yeah. Mm. And then it, and then you, Monsad mentioned that you continue to um, be a mentor. You continue to receive uh, a bit of guidance and advice here and, here and there. Yeah, yeah, that still goes on now. So like every now and then, Julian will call me up and. He'll just speak to me about what I'm doing and he'll just give me help on how to progress it even further. But I used to be, I went to set classes every Sunday, but obviously I don't do that anymore. But also, they involve you when you're yeah. when any, anything's going on. You seem to always keep it. Because there seems to be a list that Julian has of people, and Caden seems to be always asked yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. Which is good. But it seems to be that. Well, no, I'm asked, but then sometimes I can't do it. Yeah. Like, um, what are some of the in the last, say, year and a half to two years, what are some of the activities or some of the things that you've been uh, busy with in terms of ultra? Uh, so about, was it in June? July? In the summer holidays. Yeah, in the summer holidays, uh, Julian organised a trip for us to look around Oxford University. So that was, that was a day's trip around Oxford. Uh, recently... What did you do Oxford? What was the sort of... What was the reason? Yeah. Oh, it's just, um, so to see the... Oh, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was to see the university. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had, we had to we had to pitch to the people at Oxford University, our, like our businesses, and then they helped us, and then they helped us with our pitches. And these were um, students? I mean, Oxford students? Or? No, some of them were professors, but some of them were uh, like students in like one of the, in like their last year. They're studying like business and stuff like that. Mm. So what other activities besides that have you been involved with? Um, well, recently, I think it was just at the end of the summer holidays. Was it the summer holidays? Yeah, um, we got taken to a lifeboat, like tour thing, uh, to see uh, how they work and it helped and it was helping us with teamwork and stuff like that because they have to work together to save lives basically. Uh, what else? That was uh, So recently as well, uh, I was invited to St James's Palace. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there was a digital award, which is quite which is ex- it was exclusive. So it was exclusive. They were asked to, Ultra were asked to contribute to this um, digital award, uh-huh. so they had one section in it, uh-huh. because of that they were invited to go to St. James's Palace for the launch of the next level. Yeah. Um, so I met Prince. All of the Ultra kids who were asked to come along had to, they didn't have to, but it was advised that they at least completed the one level. Yeah. Some have gone on to do more, you haven't had a chance to, have you? Uh-
Yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah? Yeah. But yeah, that was that was a really good evening. Uh, that's really the three big well there's been a business fair. Well there's a bit there's a business fair. Okay. Where all of the kids that Julian is involved with, or most of them, uh, can pay for a stall and it's like a big event where people come and go and you can sell your products to people live when they're walking past at your stall. Who did I go and see? Who did I go and see? Dawood. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that was yeah. So um, about uh, near the beginning of the year, I met someone called uh, Dawood Gustav. Yeah, uh, and he's he's really really big, uh, and he he helps really big businesses like big brands like. Like, did you say he worked with Nike? Yeah, Nike, Coca-Cola, in mindset and stuff like that, and how to push their businesses forward. So Julian um, and a couple of other people, we went and met him. And then oh, in about two weeks later, there was an event at the uh, 35th floor in Canary Wall, uh, where you pitched your idea to... No, some of us, some of us were uh, pitching your idea to like multi-millionaires across the world. It was being live streamed in uh, Munich, Munich, Cape Cape Town. It's interesting talking to some of the ultra guys that were there that they see the next level so where they are they're at and what they can then aspire to specifically people sitting in a, in a room in Munich or a room in Cape Town what they can then aspire to and you could see it I mean it was it wasn't a dry event as in boring um, but it was a little bit highbrow for them but it was good that it made them think actually if we want to progress our business this is the arena that we're going to be or any business this is the arena that we're going to be potentially putting ourselves into networking as well yeah yeah it's really good networking there was a, like a whole event there where they handed out uh, random cards to people uh-huh. uh, but there was one person in the room that had the same card as you so you had to go and find that person and talk to them for like I think it was five minutes or something like that so that was really good uh, so I, I met this uh, I think it was this guy who owned an accountancy firm and he was a multi multi-millionaire yeah. so it's it really good that, that day was really good yeah. All right. So, um, any other notable activities? Uh, not in the, like the past year. Or okay. And so, from these um, things you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned networking. You mentioned pitching. You mentioned meeting different people from who have done well. So, what was what was what was what, was, what did you like about it? What did you take away from it? Uh, a lot of stuff about 
how my mindset needs to be. So if it's quite hard to explain actually, because it's it, like every single person I met, they they had the same thing about them where they were so like determined, and it's it just makes you think that if you if you make if you need to be if you want to be successful, then you need to be determined and you need to know what you want and when you want it by. That's that's what I took away from it. That's the main thing. Cool. Yeah, goal setting. Yeah. Wow, that is that's so well articulated. Excellent. Um, so that was the sort of the recent past. What about the sort of the distant past? Like if you look back between age say ten and twelve or ten and thirteen, when you went to those, when you were busy, uh, was it every week? Yeah, every Sunday. A couple of hours every Sunday. Yeah. And if you think back to those days, what were the, what what were you learning? What were you, what were what was keeping you busy in those days? Uh, I think then it was just building up my business and um, contacts and stuff like that. You had to explore what you wanted to do first. Yeah. That was the first thing. That's what I'm saying. So it was building up uh, my business and the, well, first of all, it was the idea getting an idea of what I wanted to do and then it was turning so finding out what my passion was and then turning that into a profitable business so that's what I focused on mostly then because back then I did YouTube I focused a lot on um, my social media presence and that really um, turned around because in like a couple of days I think I gained like 5,000 followers on Instagram yeah. Whoa. And that was that was a sort of uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me step back a second. So in these courses, in these lessons, you were taught about, you were sort of helped, guided to take a path, identify a passion or an idea, and then you know sort of nurture it and make it, make it grow into a business. Yeah. At what point in that process does social media come in? I mean, how, where, did they teach that as well? Uh, it depends what your passion is, and if your passion is, if, even if it's, I don't know, selling cakes, using social media, you can boost your presence and set your sales immensely. Oh, yeah. So, there was a lady that came in and she uh, helped us a lot with stuff like that at the beginning. Um, I don't know what happened to her actually, but yeah, it, it really helped us because some of the people like Alex, his business wouldn't be, his business would be non-existent without social media. So, uh, are you saying that that lady, was she was sort of a social media expert? Did she kind of yeah. teach you a little bit about you know, what to do, how to do things? Yeah, so she taught us about like what you need to do to engage your audience uh -huh. and what you can put out so that other people will repost it so that you can gain more followers and stuff like that. Give me, give me one small example, just, just so I can learn myself. 
Because when, when you were doing your interviews, yeah. on that you used to post pictures up on stuff. Yeah. I think one of the hard things that she said was if you're releasing something new or you're or you're um, selling something, then you have to promote it really hard. You can't just put up one post and think that you're going to get a lot of sales. You have to post frequently about it and in a lot of places. That's, that's one thing I took away from it. Wow, good memory after all these years. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so so if I've understood it correctly, you've been associated for about four years, and through that, through those four years, you've had kind of different stages or phases. The first phase was a weekly a weekly lesson. So, and about halfway through, perhaps they started to dwindle. And then you started to do one-on-ones, I guess, like phone chats, I suppose. Yeah. Am I right? Skype calls. And and those one-on-ones, what were what were they? What what's the what was the you know main substance of that? So that was uh, with Julian or Shay, and they you talk, you basically gave them a report of what you'd done for the past time uh-huh. and they really um, they analysed it and then told you what you needed to do to improve and gave you ideas on how you can progress your business forward. And they drew out of you what you yeah. needed to do, wasn't it? Yeah, they didn't just tell you, they made they, they made you think to get the right answer right. basically. So, yeah. so that you could move forward yeah. rather than waiting for instruction. Personally, I think that was a lot more useful to me because it was it was a one it was just a one-on-one thing where he he had at that moment he had his full focus on my business. So that means that he all of it all of the ideas that he had would be focused on my business so he could improve very quickly. So I preferred that a lot more than the classes if I'm honest. And uh, and what are sort of the outcomes of those? What what sort of what are some examples? If you can remember any examples of those one-on-ones. What do you mean? Like, um, what are the sort of takeaways or products of those conversations? Uh, okay, so <laughs> thank you, everyone. <Aaron. laughs> so the business that I have at the moment, which is uh, like buying and selling shoes and clothes, uh-huh. that was something that Julian helped me to do. Where he get he helped me with the ideas uh-huh. because I've been he said uh, like how have you made how have you made money in the past month or so and I said oh yeah I've sold some uh, some of my clothes and shoes and he gave me the idea of um, looking to buy designer clothes at a lower price and selling them at a higher price and now that's one of my main businesses. Oh, so he's taken what you do and he helped you sort of rethink it. And then you've taken that and then you've made a business out of that. Yeah. Oh, so an idea kind of blooms into a seed, blooms into a whole tree, yeah. sort of. If I can use that yeah, yeah, yeah. comparison. Wow, that is something. That's really something. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Irene, I've not asked you anything. Would you like to input anything on? Well, I think what Julian, I think what all of the older people do really well is that they they know how to they know how to pitch to whatever age level is in 
in their class. So that was one of the reasons I think that Hayden found it. Uh, no, no, when he was in the class, I mean, it was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but there's, a different, there's lots of different age ranges. So, I think and how far out progressed you are in your business. Yeah, and how progressing, how much you've progressed, whether you're a starter or whatever. Um, they're still very good at I mean, being able to target a period as opposed to targeting somebody who started. But obviously when it's one-to-one -one, it's much it's much more dedicated. Um, but I think what they what they have a real skill at being able to do is take whatever it is their passion is and say, okay, well this is these are the roads that you can do these are the different scenarios that are open to you. Um, so shall we what what do you want to explore? So it's all um, student-led as opposed to being taught. They, are, they, have, they have all the knowledge, obviously, but if they, if they decide to go down road A instead of road B, okay, well, let's explore road A and see how far, unless they're going down the rabbit hole, and then, and then they'll say, no, let, that's not going to work, so because of this, this, and this, so let's try this. Um, and they're just superb at being able to allow the children to develop. It's a very Montessori way of doing things. Yeah. So, in what sense? Well, in the, it's child-led, so Montessori teaching is very child-led. Um, and I think they've taken that approach so that the, the students have complete ownership of it. And then they get excited about it because they've seen it develop, right from this idea that they had, or whatever it might be. Um, making slime, for instance. To taking it to making it into a product, to then being able, they give them the opportunity then to put them in front of the general public and being able to sell. So they've got a they've got a fair coming up in December, for instance, um, which Kate's not taking part in because we're not around. But if he was, he's got. You did say about your app as well. You've got your business app. Oh yeah, so. Uh, there's a man, a man that we met. At, well, it's, it's a long story. Okay, so we met this man at a property event, and we became uh, friends with him. And he has multiple businesses, uh, and one of them is like an app, um, a business app, uh, and it's like it's like it's, it's like YouTube slash like with with Instagram where influence business influencers can go on there and they post um, content but you can pay it so there's different sections so like online marketing on young entrepreneurs and stuff like that uh, and you can buy you can buy like a premium a premium subscription to uh, each channel and you can get personalised content and um, tips from those the influences in that uh, sector. So I have the actual licence, so I get the profit, so some of the profit for the young entrepreneurs. Section. So the idea being that you 
it's a little bit like Patreon. So you can have um, you can have ordinary content, general content. Um, but then if you want to have dedicated content, you pay a subscription per month, and that allows you access to the dedicated content. So Caden has the license for the young entrepreneurs section. Um, so if he was at the that's a long way round to say if he was at the business fair that they're running in December then that's what he would be pitching now talking about his business business app Um, but what those fairs do is that they put do you remember the first time they did one and you were so nervous about being involved I think where was it or is it London somewhere? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was outskirts of London. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing from the other interviews, I'm guessing it sounds like it was in Brent or North London. Could be. Cater's done two. He did one at Tesla, and I can't remember where the first one was that you did. I've heard about the Tesla one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I remember this setting, but I can't remember where it was. Yeah, and it was a case of... These kids don't know. They've never been in front of the public in that respect and have to actually well, pitch I, I them. Had. No, but most of the, the idea is that they put in front oh, yeah, of the general public and then they have to pitch their ideas. So they have to know what their product is. They have to be passionate about their product, which they already are because Ultra have taken them through that process. Um, but they have to convey that passion to ordinary Joe blogs who's standing in front of them and why should I part with my money and so they've got to look they've got to be so passionate that you think yes actually I'm getting my purse out and I'm handing you the money and they're really good at doing they're really good at coaching the kids to do that and to keep them passionate and then to keep it keep it alive um, they continue to do this idea of exploring your passion because like with Caden he was in love with YouTube and had a YouTube channel and had lots of people watching, etc. And then he fell out of love with it. So it's then, okay, well, if that's not what you do anymore, that's fine. Let's bundle up what you've learned from that. And I, shall we move it on to something else? Let's re-examine what your passion is now. Can we turn that into a business? Um, so it's not a one-size-fits-all type idea. They, they're very... It morphs into other, you know, they can morph it into something else. So let's try this, let's try that. Um, and if it doesn't work, that's fine. What lessons have you learned from it? And I think that's that's one of their strengths. Oh. That's what they teach them. Because I think when they're students, when they're young, if something fails, and oh, well, that was rubbish, I'm not going to try that again, and close that door. Whereas I'll just teach them, no, take that experience. And what you learn from it, and let's split it into something else. So then they think, yeah, okay, we'll have to try something else. If I failed, it's fine, because I've learned from it. And they encourage that in them. Excellent. Excellent. Anything to add on, in terms of what you've taken away and what you've liked about Ultra? Uh, I like that they're, they're always passionate about what you're passionate about. So it could be something that they don't they don't have much interest in themselves, but they're passionate about helping you. So therefore, they're passionate about what you're passionate about. I think that's, that's really nice. Excellent. Excellent. Very eloquent. That's you have to, you'll have to tag that because otherwise Julian might take it. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you'll you'll want to you want you'll want to take credit from that. Yeah. You'll want to. You don't want to anonymize that. <laughs> you don't want me to scrub your name. That's a really nice. You also something. You also said something that's really really well said earlier. I'll get. We'll come back to it later. But that's that's. There are two very good things you've said. Um, any feedback you have? Any like. Um, Suggestions or input for Ultra? Anything you'd like to see better, go better in the last couple of few years? Honestly, no. I think it's. I think everything that I've done has gone really well. And I couldn't. I couldn't. Have, yeah. Yeah. Move forward a bit. They've they've helped me a lot. Uh, with the different things that I've done, and I don't, yeah, I don't think I could have done what I've done if I was with anyone else. I, I think the, the problem they have is how do they keep these? How, if, if some of these young people want to be still learning about business, how do they keep them involved? That, I, I think they're really good in making sure that they do keep them involved, for instance, you know, doing this or inviting them to different things. But as far as their business is concerned and they grow and move on, how can they keep tabs on the students that they've had so that they just don't fade away? Because um, I think once they've, once they've had, once they've been altered, for want of a better word, I think for them, you know, I would imagine Julian. You look at Julian as your mentor in a lot of ways, don't you? So, but he's a busy guy. So, how do you then feel that you can well, the, keep that connection? Since we, since I started, their, their business, their business has grown a lot. So, at, at the beginning, Julian used to come in every single week uh, and talk to us, and then. Obviously, the business has grown, so he has a lot of other responsibilities to fulfil. So I think the people that were there at the beginning see him as like our mentor, but the new people don't see that as much. I don't think. I don't think. So how do they keep? I think that's one of the things they need to be very aware of. How do they keep those connections going so that it's not always the new blood that's looked after? It's the it's all of them, and I know there's a responsibility on their part as well. But it's just keeping that um, those connections going, that network aligned. Yeah, fantastic point. Fantastic point. No one's no one's brought that up yet. I think it's a really good point. Something that I've also been thinking about as I've been going through this interview, this research process. Um, it's very. It's a difficult one to answer because it has to be um, proactive on both sides. Um, but say for us, for instance, we're not in London, so you know, we're down. We're down in Kent. It's, it's, if, we're, if we're going anywhere, and we've done a lot. We've, we were involved in Birmingham launch, so we drove up to Birmingham for that. Um, we've done lots of different things, and we've absolutely wanted to. It's not that we've been forced in any way. We've wanted to do it. Um, but it's about keeping that connection. So if Caden decides he's going to do something else, um, how does he does he know that he can ever contact Julian? And he knows he can, but it's that idea, not just for him, but for the other students, to keep that network, that community going.
so that then he can then be well because we know we my mum's literally my mum's got Julian's phone number so I can call him at any time that I want so if I need assistance yeah but the, the people that are joining now they don't they don't I don't think they have the same connection that with the Got it, got it. And I think what I found um, when I first spoke uh, to Julian about this, uh, the, the idea of technology was was a, a sort of a hope that maybe that could play that role because there are a lot of, of course, you won't be surprised, there are loads of people who are just a little bit away from, you know, the center. Maybe maybe they'll, they'll grow into north of England, maybe they'll grow into, you know, Ireland, or whatever, whatever. So the idea is, could technology play a role in that? And I think this might be a good sort of opportunity to move into that section of the interview. Um, you've already mentioned, Kate, you already mentioned that uh, there's the app, and um, just to clarify, uh, are you building it, or are you involved in producing it a bit in some, in some uh, way? No, I'm not, I'm not involved. It was produced when I got the uh, license. Ah. But it's still in the developing stages. Uh -huh. They're just about to go. They're just at the crowdfunding stage. This okay. company. So this company are based in Liverpool, mm -hmm. and they're friends. Friends with me and my husband. And he offered Caden, the, the guy that runs the company, offered us, but for Caden, because he knows Caden, um, just the license for this one section. So it's not. It's like looking at filing system that's the idea so if you want to know about property then you subscribe to that section of the app it's called the business app and he has the young entrepreneur's license um, so yeah that's it and he's not developing it no, that's no. a lot of money. And I couldn't do it. But but you're involved in one section of it. Yes. And you have the license, which means you have means that um, you will be producing content for it. Am yes. I, am so I, at the moment, his podcast sits on there, and he should be producing more content, but he's not had the opportunity to do that all the time. Um, so the idea being, hopefully, hopefully in the next eighteen months or so, that he starts to produce content for it, premium content, and then encourages other people to come onto it to have a platform so that people can subscribe to them as well. But the way that I, the way that I'd make money is. When people pay their subscriptions to the um, the premium producers, that isn't me. I get a part of the subscription that they pay, and I get I get I don't I, I get a percentage of all the money from the app. Yeah, once they reach a certain level of subscribers. I think I get how much like 0.1 percent. I think. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a good percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. You just have to start producing content. Yeah. yeah. But this is the struggle that they have as young entrepreneurs and um, students. If they're at school and they've got exams, how do they balance it as well? So the idea of technology would help that if they're, if they're looking for networking rather than taking their evening out if they can just join a Zoom call or something. Um, that, that at least then they're in their own environment and it's not taking time out to travel and stuff like that. It allows you to reach someone a thousand miles away without without anyone having to buy plane tickets. That's yeah. the idea, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Cool, very cool. So, um, 
that is uh, that's one thing in terms of technology. Um, tell, uh, could I ask? I'll ask. I, I'll ask your mom first. Um, so, Irene, what what kinds of technology um, do you use? I mean, how? What's your relationship to technology? Um, I'm a bit of a technophobe. I'll hold my hands up straight away. Um, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I suppose I'm a bit of a dinosaur. But um, I enjoy social media. I mean, I run part of one of the businesses that I have is teaching people how to use LinkedIn specifically. So I'm not a person on social media. Um, I just get a bit stressed with the actual stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm quite open to it. It's, it's all around us. It's silly. If you don't, one, you don't know how to use it. Two, you don't know how to harness the power of it. Um, one, to scale and grow your business and just to be able to have a presence. You know, you can have a business. You can be sitting here every day and having and run a business from a computer. When I was Caden's age, I just didn't. Did, that wasn't available. The, the concept of even computers weren't even a thing. Yeah, exactly. I remember in my first job, I walked into the office of my first job and I was stunned that they had computers in the office. Hayden doesn't even understand that that is a, that is a feeling that somebody might have had. So um, I think it's very, I think it's amazing that they could sit in a Costa Coffee or a Pret a Manger every day and be running a multi million pound business. Um, it's amazing, and anyone can do it. Anyone. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think we need to use, be able to use technology in a positive way, um, and for them particularly, you know, so that it that they can do whatever they want, wherever they want. They can sit on a beach and run a business. They can sit in their flat and run it, whatever. Yeah. It's amazing. And what? And Kate, uh, what's your relationship to technology? What's your attitude or? feeling about it? Uh, well, I'm very, I, I like technology a lot uh, and I use social media quite a bit. Uh, t- social media is really the only thing that I use but I, I have, uh, you might have spoken to Ramveer, have you spoken to Ramveer yet? Not yet. Okay, so he has, well I'm not going to tell you what he does, uh, but I use his software as well. Uh, to help with my to help with my accounts and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, what else? That's really all the technology that I think I need because my business is built around social media. So my main business selling stuff on is selling stuff online. Um, so yeah. Seeing you don't. Do you, do you even appreciate the question of what's your relationship with technology? Uh, I'm just, it's just... He does. He, he's getting there. I, I can see it. You're, you're moving there. So tell me more. Tell me more in more detail. So how do you use technology? Why is it important to your business? Tell me more about uh, it. Well, it's important because without it, I don't think I would have half of the people and customers that I, that I have had. So you reach them through social media, do you? Yeah, some of them. Uh, and... Because obviously I'm quite young. Uh, in the, in the, I don't want to say the olden days, but before before I was before computers and stuff were invented, uh, people my age didn't really get like a, a lot of credibility from big business people, which they would have met face to face. So I think technology kind of disproves all of that. It's a good point, actually. The stereotype. 
because if you were, if when I was growing up, if I was a 14-year-old trying to set up my own business, one, the opportunity wasn't really there, but it was... You would have just been laughed at. You would have just been laughed at, yeah. There weren't very many people that would have taken you seriously, whereas now... It's, it's quite faceless in a way, isn't it? I don't know that you're necessarily a young person when it comes to this. Even if they do... Even if, even if they do, then... It's not about your age, really. It's about your following and your credibility. So that if they know that you can get the job done and that you can do it well, then it, age, age, age is a that big of a factor I don't think anymore and social media has helped a lot with like connecting with older big influencers breaking down barriers yeah like uh what's it give me some examples Grant Cardone uh so people that I know I haven't done it yet but they're my age and they're they've contacted him on social media and they've interviewed him and so he's a big property multi-faceted um, entrepreneur in America, but, but essentially he's um, somebody who he sells. He's a selling magnet, and when he then makes a lot of money, he puts it into property and then um, sells the property, sells sections of the property off. So yeah, he's multi. He's multi-millionaire. <laughs> But there are people that are Caden's age who have been able to speak to him. And it's a bit like Richard Branson finding that sort of... Yeah. It brings those barriers. Yeah, through barriers. social media. Yeah. Like a social stigma of kids, uh, kids don't have that much credibility. I think social media takes that away. Okay, excellent. Um, what's it... What's it... Okay, let me let me rephrase the let me rephrase the question. How what what devices do you use? Let's put it that way. Uh, my phone and uh, I've got two laptops. Two. Yeah. So one of them I use it was uh, for editing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But now I don't do that anymore. So that's so one of them's like my personal one, and then uh, my MacBook is for business. And how do you how do you use a MacBook for business? What what are your sort of activities on the MacBook? Well, research stuff for like my business and products that I can sell, trends, yeah, and stuff. And when I go to courses, I take notes on my laptop. When you go to like, like courses? Oh, yeah. like you mean schoolwork? No, no, no. Um, so, the uh, courses on uh, how to build my business. So, what's another way of saying it? Like, it's kind of like a, education. Yeah, it's education. No, but it's, it's not school. It's a paid thing where you can go. Yeah, where you can go and you learn about how to uh, strengthen your business or grow your business. Basically. Mindset. You're going to one this. He's going to one this weekend which is basically all mindset related so looking at your mindset setting goals and stuff like that okay so that laptop is used for all of this research taking notes self-education so i guess um 
so there's a phone and there's a laptop and there's no um, video games there's no iPads there's no tablets uh, just the phone and the laptop pretty much cool alright and do you use your how do you use your phone tell us how you use your phone uh, so that's uh, mostly used for Instagram Instagram uh, that's like one of my main social media stuff, and I can put that. That's why I put, obviously I call people on. Like I call people on my phone, so like Julian, and if I need help with stuff, then I call people. That's what that's used for, basically. Yeah. Instagram and making calls. Any other apps or any other things that you like to do on your phone? Well, obviously I'm a kid, so uh, I use it personally as well just to talk to people snapchat yeah snapchat facebook no no uh, twitter no just just snapchat and instagram okay yeah cool uh, any things any entertainment things that you do on your phone like games or um, tiktok is a big thing these days oh no fortnite oh no <laughs> <laughs> why not why did you say oh no as opposed to no? Uh, Where's the O? Oh? I think. Well, I used to play Fortnite like last year, but it's not really. I think it's quite. They've changed their age range. So it used to be to people like 14 and a plus, but now it's like 6 to 8 year olds. That's how I feel. But I, I just. No, I don't like it at all. Any yeah, yeah, I watch YouTube and. Oh, you watch YouTube? Yeah, yeah. And uh, TV series. You watch TV series? Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, do, you, uh, do, you, do you see your phone as a, as a tool for business? Not really. Uh, in, in a way, yeah. Uh, but some. But also, I, I think it's a way to. Relax and communicate with people. Got it. So it's both. Got it. Both. Both. And you use it for school as well, don't you? Yeah, homework. A lot of my homework is set on my phone. Is that right? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so when we're shouting at him, get your head out of the phone, it's normally I'm doing my homework, and a lot of them are set on their phone now. And they've got a couple of apps because you've on my phone too that they have to do. They they get logged as to um, what's those quizzes and stuff that you do. They kind of charts your progress, doesn't it? So if they're doing a subject, they they do study. They have a test on it, and then they'll do quizzes on the phone, and the school can see what their scores are. So they have to, it's a way of them checking their progression. So as parents, you try and discourage their screen time, because obviously you don't want them with their faces in their phones all the time, whether they're running a business or whatever. Um, and then you've got outside pressure, saying, well, actually, we want them to use, they're not allowed to use them in school, but you can use them in your own time. So that's, what's that dilemma going on? And then if he's saying, well, I'm, I need to do stuff, you know, I'm, I'm researching eBay or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, think, well, okay, how, how much time do we allow you to do all of these things? Because I want my, the 
the fact that his face is in a phone or in a computer, it's, it's very one-dimensional. There's no interaction with the rest of the family or friends. Or ah. So tell me, Irene, is it difficult? Is it is it a is it a constant sort of negotiation? Is it uh, yes. is it a is it a main topic of concern on a day-to-day -day basis, or is it just like a once in a while? Oh, no. stop using your phone. I mean, what's it like? It's a big topic of conversation in the house. It's yeah. a big topic of concern ah. um, because um, well, it is. It is a big topic of concern because um, because you're you're encouraging from a, from a parental point of view, you're encouraging them to run a business. We're encouraging him to run a business, which is essentially phone-based. If he's out and about, it's essentially phone-based or computer screen-based, let's put it like that. Um, but then you want them still to be social, interactive people who are able to talk and have a conversation and learn and enjoy the environment around them, not have to and not be compelled to be looking at a screen at the time, whether that's for business, homework, social, whatever it might be, you don't want them feeling attached to this screen all the time. So it, it, is, it is a constant, it's a constant in the house. And my generation, parents of his age generation, didn't grow up with this. So there's no manual, right, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to be um, advising them or whatever. So it's a learning process all the time, um, both from them and from parents as well, or adults. Are you, do you ever get sick and tired of using your phone? No. <laughs> no? No, never. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me your top five apps. You can you can make it seven or eight if you want. Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Depop. Depop? Yeah, I have that too. And any others? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Netflix. Netflix? Any education apps? Oh, they yeah, but they're not in my top five. Oh, so you wouldn't consider them... Your, okay, yeah, because they're educational. Okay, I, I get you. I, get you. <laughs> I understand. Okay, what about top five apps in terms of actual use? What do you mean? Well, how much I use them? Yeah, if you look at it as, as a fre as frequency. Uh, Depop. Yeah. Uh, eBay. eBay. Instagram. Yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. And an app called Memorize. That's Memorize. That's like my home workout. Home workout. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Irene, do you have any uh, sort of encouragements or advice? Do you ever 
guide Caden as to what apps or what how he should use his phone? Um, we try. We try. It's not always successful. Um, I think he's quite a strong-willed person. So stubborn. Stubborn. <laughs> My husband's quite stubborn. So he's double stubborn. Um, yeah, I think. Um, we try, but, and I try and make sure that he's not on his phone at night and stuff like that. But, um, he's getting to an age where he has to learn how to be responsible himself. So, yes, we can turn the Wi-Fi off at home. That's one way of being policing it. That happens sometimes. It hasn't, but it hasn't. It's an option. It's an option to police I've just it. Got my <laughs> but it's about trying to teach him how the best the best way to use this stuff is. So and it's really because you don't want to come down thundering down the road. Um, but equally you've got they've got to learn to self police as well as anything else. Yes. Um, and that's really difficult, I think. Because how, how much you can only advise, and at the end of the day, you've got to be there to pick up the pieces if it all goes wrong. Yeah. It's really, it's really because of the age that he is. A couple of years ago, even a year ago, it would have been a lot easier. But now, because he's growing up and moving away, they need to learn to, to self police, and you can only be there to advise. Um, does, just to sort of wrap it up, sort of to, to, to finish off this, uh, this conversation, does. What kind of technology would you wish for? Are, are there any things that you'd like to see? Either in terms of hardware or in terms of software. I think something that... And while you think, I'll ask the same question to you, Irene. Are there any, the question is, are there any software or hardware that you'd like to see? Um, as, as far as Ultra is concerned, or? As far as Kaden is concerned, as far as young people are concerned. I'd love to be able to have something that I could monitor what he's doing without him knowing I'm monitoring it. I'd love that. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I don't think that that's available. It's a bit creepy. It is a bit creepy, but it's, I think it's not, it's not creepy. Yes, it is creepy. Yes, it is. It's because we love you. But, um, because as parents, you only ever want them, and I don't think that stops however old you are, you're concerned for them. It's a horrible world out there. They're, they're exposed to an awful lot of stuff. Coming through these devices, it's not all for good. You want it to be all for good, but it isn't all for good. So, um, there's some horrible people that use this stuff to reach people. Yeah, we see it in the news all yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love something that I could monitor, some sort of spyware, so that I could monitor what it's he was so doing. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds creepy, but yeah. When you grow up and you look back, then you'll understand. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I will. <laughs> <laughs> 
there is stuff like that available. I know, but it's I'm not letting you get it on my phone. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know because technology is moving so rapidly. You can't keep up with it. You know, as, as, as soon as you think you've got the hang of something, um, you've got the latest iPhone that's come out, whatever it, iPhone 11 in, 11 or something, 11, whatever it is. They were already working on probably iPhone 15, you know, stuff like that. So you're never going to keep up to date with it. Um, what about you? Anything you'd like to see? Uh, I think something that can connect small pe- small businesses and people with large influencers and brands. I think that would be that's that's something that would be helpful. That's really the only thing that I can think of. But everything stuff like that through Instagram and stuff. No, it's just but how do you make an impact into those? That, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like something that is specifically focused on that. Okay. But I think everything that is useful is already made. There's so so many apps. There's millions, millions, even maybe billions of apps that have been created. So you're guaranteed to find something. But yeah, I, I don't think I've seen something specifically like that. So you'd like, to, you'd, like, you'd like to have more connectivity with. You would, as a small business owner, you would like to have some more connections with the bigger brands. I'm guessing. Yeah. In terms of an ultra, if there, if ultra walks into the field of technology, do you have any advice or guidance? Uh, maybe tips. Well, you did that thing before. Do you remember you did? Yeah, there was this thing that me and Julian's daughter did, and it was gonna be like it was gonna be like an online course. On I think it was how to build a small business. Yeah, but that that, it didn't go anywhere. Um, Well, it didn't seem to go anywhere. Yeah, I I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, But maybe something on like helping you so like without them having to call you developing something that can help you hone down on what your passion is so if you're remote to deal with how if you're remote from wherever the ultra might be no 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 so that they don't they don't have to keep in constant contact with you but it's something that can help you uh, hone down what your passion is and then help you build a business so basically what they do now but in like a miniature I don't know how they do that but that's the only thing that I would say that it's maybe missing I don't know Okay. in terms of the workshops that you do uh, the courses that you take do you see those adaptable into a into an app as opposed to? I mean, do you see those being uh, accessible through an, through software? No, you have to be there in person for that. I think most of the stuff that the that they teach and they come up with some of the some of it's on the spot, uh, and some of the, sometimes that's the most helpful stuff that you'll learn that whole day. So I think it's better if you actually you're there and you're getting taught rather than you're just listening to an automated voice or whatever it might be. So I think I think I'd rather be there in person than going for an app. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. But the app could back up what you if you're able to go to a class. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think if you're actually learn wanting to learn the stuff then some of it's 
reactive, isn't it, if you say something? Yeah. That's what happened with Caden, just as an aside. He was going down one particular road, wherever your passion was at the time, football or something, wasn't it? He was running. Running. And then we came in to pick him up, and my husband said, well, what about your YouTube channel? And one of the tutors said, what YouTube channel? We didn't tell us anything about this, so the next week they explored that, and that was the avenue they went down, which that wouldn't have happened if it was all technology-based. It was we having that conversation. You can't replace that, that interaction with people through technology in the same way. No, no, you cannot. I'm just running through my questions to make sure I didn't leave out anything. But while I do that, do you have any things to add? Anything anything I didn't ask? Or any comments or anything else about Ultra or about technology? I think your questions covered most of my thoughts on both of the subjects. Okay. Are we anything to add? No, I think, I think it's a great, I think personally, and I, I advocate everything that Ultra do, I think it's a great privilege to have been involved, to be involved, and to have the Ultra, I call it, um, they're our Ultra family, yeah. so whoever's in there is part of our Ultra family, and I feel very privileged that Caden's part of that. All of, like, there's a group of us, about six, four, five or six children that have been there from basically the start. Uh-huh. And I, feel, I think we're very, we're, we're quite close in terms of sharing stuff with each other. And that, what my mum was talking about earlier with Julian has a list. That's so we we basically go to every event together. Uh-huh. So we kind of have a. a that's because of his loyalty yeah. to his students. That's his. It's because we. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, so he wants the best for all of his students and the teachers that he has, the people that that buy into Ultra and become their trainers. They have to have that same philosophy, that same passion to see these young people grow. Um, but it's led from the top. It's one of those situations where top-down leadership works so well. Because um, normally it doesn't work that well, but I don't think anyway. But Julian, his, his whole ethos, and Shay's as well, it just goes, filters down in everything that they do. And again, I feel very privileged that Caden's been exposed to that and that we're part of that Ultra family. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I just I just noticed something that that I shouldn't that I failed to ask, but it connects with what you're saying. Uh, what have you noticed as a parent going through the process of ultra? What have you seen? Uh, Change. Um, I've seen how not not just Caden, other other kids as well, who um, you see their confidence grow because they've tapped into their passion and they're willing to share that passion with members of the general public. This is when they're going out selling their stuff, um, and you can see their passion coming through. Um, and I think to be able to you know, to be able to tapped into doing, I think it's just something amazing. I think it's just such an amazing privilege to have been to be part of it. Yeah. Are, are there any academic spillovers? I mean, do you see any overlap between what what Gaiden's done in Ultra and his in his business life? Has it had any impact 
or has it touched his academic life? Um, I'm going to say this because I don't think he will. Part of why he doesn't run a YouTube channel anymore is because his friends at school um, didn't have it. It wasn't seen as a positive thing. It was maybe seen as a negative thing, and there was a little bit of bullying going on, for want of a better word. That was what you were talking about. Not now. I did it. But I think, um, yeah, so, but as far as his confidence has grown, he's been able to, um, he stands up in front of people and being able to speak and stuff. I know that's, we go to church and he does that in church as well, but I think being part of, having to, again, this idea of having to stand in front of somebody who's walked in off the street and sell your sell yourself in order for them to part with their money, that's an amazing skill and you've learned that through Ultra, you yeah. have to do that. All the technology stuff that they learn, they probably learn that anyway themselves from their friends and stuff and looking on social media anyway. So, yeah, that's great, but I, I, that's something that's... They would learn that themselves anyway. But I think this idea of giving them confidence, helping them grow their passion and grow their confidence so that when they stand in a room and they're standing in front of people who are listening in Cape Town, they can stand there and hold their own. It's amazing. Um, has there any, has, has Ultra, sorry, in terms of your business, um, how much time do you spend on your business and how much time do you spend on your, your personal life and how much time do you spend on your academic life? Equal, equal proportions or? Uh, at the moment, because in, I'm in year 10, mm. so I have to work very hard to get ready for GCSE. Mm. So I think I'm spending a lot more time academically than I am on my business. Mm. Um, so I think, do you want exact time? No, no, just, just sort of roughly, most... Oh, most least. time academically, and then probably business, and then pleasure, really. So school, business, and then personal life. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Does that sound about right, Irene? Um, I would probably say um, schoolwork, pleasure, and business. Oh, no, I think, but I think interpersonal life. It goes together, I Yeah, think. I think yeah. it's a very fine. I was just about to the say. The lines that. are quite blurred because he'll be doing both at the same time. Because there are a lot of people that you interact with for business who are people that you follow, isn't it? So you're commenting. So that's that idea of business. Oh. And, Personal is... Yes, I see that. Yeah, it's blurred sometimes. So the fact that you're on Instagram or Snapchat or Depop, it may be personal, but it could also be business at the same time. Because it's building those connections yeah. and networking. Hey, are there any privacy issues? Like, if you're doing that, are there any boundaries? Like, you know, I don't know John or Jill from Bournemouth or Manchester, but I'm friends with them on Instagram. Does that ever, does that dilemma ever come up for you? No, I don't put any uh, personal information on social media at all, so I don't, I'm not really worried about that. 
I don't it's know. It's not a concern, I don't think, for that age group. It doesn't seem to be a concern. Well, no, that's not, that's not true. I, obviously, I'm concerned about my privacy. Yeah. I don't want it. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry knowing who I am no, and everything about me. The same me. way when I say something about it to you, you'll say, "Oh, that's not an issue." Yeah, you're, that's because you're that's, that's because, because you're, you're overprotective. Because yeah. I'm your son. It's different. Yeah, with sons, we have, we have we have a certain <laughs> boundary, right? Yeah. Right, that's how it is with sons yeah. and mothers. <laughs> <laughs> But, All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get you. I get you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Wow. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for giving me your time on your holiday. No, no, it's fine.